Welcome to Coaching from the Sofa. I'm Shane Lord. I'm Rob Harvey. Episode one. Let's go. The striker and winger who doesn't score goals is my uh, my title. How on earth are you going to be two metres apart from someone in the football stadium? Well, they're going to fill every other seat. I mean, that would be fine for someone like Man City, but how on earth should I... Just here blowing a whistle, mate. Really not bothered. Have I missed anything, Ben? Uh, legend. So this is totally new for us, Rob. Um, it could be a total car yeah. crash. We'll see how it goes. Uh, well, it could be, couldn't it? It could really be anything could happen. <laughs> We're going to look to get a different guest on every week. Yeah. Launching on a Monday, recorded on a Sunday, and um, pushed out on a Monday. Yep. So if you want to be on the show or you've got any questions, send us an email to pod at coachingfromthesofa.co.uk. Have we got, have we got a website? Already set up that, Rob. Oh, love it. I sent you a text message. You read it. You put some love signs and some fire, but maybe you didn't realise that it was a website. No, do you know what it was? Mine came through and I thought it was just the... Uh, I didn't realise. That's, that's unreal. I thought you were sending me the um, completed with the faces at it. That's because that's what I thought it was. So season one, episode one, we welcome our first ever podcast guest, Mr. Ben Horton Cooper, a.k.a. The Cooper Man. With over 300 appearances for our club since joining in 2002, 14 goals for us. Three red cards, over 50 yellow cards. He's been captain, manager, kit man, groundsman, chairman, and is currently in his role as secretary. You're a qualified referee, a preschool teacher, and a Manchester United fan. Have I missed anything, Ben? Uh, legend? Legend. <laughs> I think you probably are for Great Oakley. You're nearly in that status category. <laughs> and I've put here that you scored 14 goals for us. Can you elaborate yeah. why I've put for us, Ben? Uh, there was a couple of uh, mishaps down the years. A, a um, yeah, several. Uh, do you think you've hit double figures of angles? Um, comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, Ben was one of those players at left back. He was known to have a mishap touch just, just when not needed. How many deflections, Ben, have, have sort of. So been many. Because I'd just throw myself at everything and it'd just end up in or I'd try and clear it and I'd slice it. And... The other thing that I've written down here, Ben, is that you were kit man and that, that didn't always go to plan, did it? No. Do you want to know the story of that one? <laughs> yeah, go on. Let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, basically, we had an emergency meeting sort of March 2013. The club was in a bit of financial trouble um, and we tried to find ways to keep going. Um, and everyone sort of was going to pull together. I said, look, I'll take the kit home and I'll wash it. I lived in Clacton at the time. And I said, oh, thank you, Ben. That's brilliant. Um, a Saturday night, I had a do in London to attend. And I had a couple of Jaegers, let's say. <laughs> and I woke up at the grand old time of quarter past ten that morning for a half ten kickoff. <laughs> Unfortunately, Lewis Hamilton wasn't about, so I had to get a lift. Um, I've got a kit. I remember that because I got a phone call and they were saying, um, I said, kick off without me. They said, we can't, Ben, you've got a kit. 
So I gathered the kit, turned up at the pitch, and then realised I only had nine outfield shirts, not the required ten. So Nick Bishop had to pop back to the pub where he was at the time, and he found a green T-shirt, and the referee allowed us to use that for a quarter to eleven played, kickoff. You played. <laughs> you played the, <laughs> played the game. Fifteen minutes late. Wow! In nine green, nine green football kits and one normal green top. That it was a Carlsberg top, actually. Yeah, <laughs> advertising Carlsberg. Uh, and I was the one at the meeting saying, "We've got to pull together. We've got to get this club back. We can do it. We can do it if we all fight for it." And if then we yeah, lead by me. example. Exactly. <laughs> I had an absolute shocker as well. So, how have you have you found the lockdown so far? Have you been uh, dealing with it? So, just found it difficult, really. Not not been able to sort of go out, see anyone, just do anything. It's the weekends where I'm not at work is harder than ever, really, because I'm just bored. <laughs> yeah. How how's work been for you? Yeah, no, that's quiet as well, really. But um, yeah, turn up, do what I need to do, go home again. So you haven't been up to much in your spare time then. No, I've been catching up on um, Premier League seasons from years gone by on Sky, stuff like that. Love it, love it. Any standing up out? To, uh, watched the 92-93 season, seeing Mickey Quinn banging him in for Coventry. Sort of made me giggle. A bit before so my time, that 60 one. 60 now. Yeah, I can assume it was, yeah. I can't see in September how we can start. I can't see in July how we can train. It's like... I, just a nightmare, isn't it? Like top level, they don't reckon anyone's going to be going in the ground till next year. If social distancing is going to stay, how on earth are you going to be two metres apart from someone in the football stadium? Well, they're going to fill every other seat. I mean, that would be fine for someone like Man City, but how are Manchester United in the <laughs> Sort of as much sort of test Liverpool. I don't, I don't see how you can null and void a season. Like, there's players that have broke records and all sorts. Like, what, just pretend it never happened. Then what happens? Everyone gets their money back for the games they've attended. No, no, exactly. I, I don't. I don't see how it can't finish. I think there's so many ways it can be finished. I think if it doesn't, if if the, if it doesn't finish and they call it early, then I think you have to null and void it. But I think there's so many ways around null and voiding it in the first place that it doesn't need to happen. It, it can. It can be finished. Whether it's in the most uh, normal way as possible is a different is a different question. It might be that it's a bit of a bit of a cup kind of knockout stay. I mean, me and Shane have spoke about this for, for hours, the different ways they could do it. But I can't see how it won't finish, is, is my thing. Yeah, I think, just to pretend it never happened, I can't, I can't yeah. deal with it. Yeah, and that's what's happened in Holland, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Man City away, one of the best days I've ever had, and pretend it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, Ben, you will not get your money back on beer. No, blimey, no. <laughs> so Ben, you're, um, you've been involved with our 1K challenge. So we've been setting one kilometre challenges for our players to see if they can improve on their times. Um, and I think you've, you've, uh, you've thrown yourself into this quite a lot considering you're not a natural runner, are you? But you've jumped into it. And uh, you're improving. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd like to say no comment on this subject. 
What's what's the problem? Just is this just in case Richard Lyle is actually listening? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a difficult subject, but one I'm I'm going to keep persevering at. I'm not not willing to give up just yet. So what's your target, Ben? Under four minutes, and then under Richard Lyle. <laughs> which, so, which is the priority at the moment? Getting under four minutes, <laughs> followed by beating Richard. Yeah. I think I'm the only one who wants the lockdown extended so that he gets time to beat someone. There hasn't been many times um, sent in in the last couple of days, Ben, so I think people are slowing down. So now is your chance to uh, gain those few yeah. extra seconds and get in front of him. What is the difference? Do you know? Uh, it's about 12 seconds. He did congratulate me. It was really kind. It sent me a really nice message. And then I added, yeah. by the way, I've just beat it again. Richard Lyle, three minutes, three minutes, 54. And Ben Cooper, four minutes and three seconds. Yeah. Ben has managed to knock off 33 seconds from his time. And Richard's knocked off 48. So there's another jump for you there, Ben. 15 seconds you need to find. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's more about beating Richard for me. But yeah, I will, <laughs> I will aim for that as well. And there was a slight mishap with your phone because you might have actually beaten him a bit sooner, hadn't you? I had my phone in my pocket and pressed start and obviously I pressed stop and I'd done about 60 yards, I think. <laughs> After running the complete 1K, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I nearly died as well. Got to my bit, there's people looking at the road thinking, why is this man having a heart attack on the floor? And turns out I hadn't even timed it. Are you saying that was definitely going to be the quickest one then? I'd say it was close. I wouldn't. I couldn't say for certain, but I'm so angry with myself. But I understand you're a ref, and I understand your uh, your attitude towards refs back as in your playing day was a uh, not the nicest. So I wondered, what is your greatest challenge as a ref nowadays, and also what led you to become a ref? Uh the greatest challenge these days is is the, is the really abusive people. I can't I can't cope with that. Now, obviously, Shane's told I wasn't the most polite person to a rare, but I will always say that after every game, I stripped their hand and I thanked them for what they'd done and apologised for sort of how I behaved. I never I never got personal. When some players get personal, I really. I haven't got any time for that. I've given a player a free kick once and ended up sending him off. How, how did that happen? Talk us through. Uh, explain a bit more. <laughs> how did this come about? Well, I've played advantage. The advantage hasn't come. I've pulled it back and I've gone, right, okay, free kick. Happy free kick. He's then shouted and I was about not getting it sooner. I said, all right, all right. I was trying to play the advantage. It didn't work out. You got your free kick now. It's done. I held the whistle up. I said, wait for the whistle. He took it. I said, right, let's come back again. He then started swearing, getting humpy. I said, look, I asked for the whistle. Let's just slow down. Let's calm down. You've got your free kick. He then decided to call me something or other. So we gave him a little simbin for that. And then he decided to use um, real sort of serious expletives. So uh sent him off. And I, I said to his team, I said, like, Oh, you've still got the free kick. <laughs> it was baffling. Do you think that the attitudes are harder to deal with than the actual fouls, Ben? Is it yeah, the, the decision the definitely. easier part of the game? Yeah, it was a blatant foul on him, but I just tried to play advantage. I, 
always, I remember when I've played, like, you'd rather have an advantage and come back. It's, it's not an issue. How would you compare the way you used to treat the ref then as, as opposed to how you get treated then? Would you say it's more of an aggressive approach these days? 90% of people are fine. But, yeah. but there's a few that just take that one step further. I'd have a go, I'd shout and holler, but I never got sort of seriously abusive to that yeah, sort of level. I'd never, I'd make comments, but I wouldn't be in their face, calling them every name. And, oh, people have threatened to knock me out and all sorts. Like, just here blowing a whistle, mate. Like, I'm really, <laughs> really not bothered. And, and people say, like, I want one team to win and not the other. I really couldn't care less. So long as you pick the money up, is that, is that what it is? Yeah, I'm not, it's not even the money, really. I, to be honest, I only did it because it looked like Grouk were going to fold. And I didn't really have any ambition to play for anyone else. I was sort of coming up for 30 and I just thought, no, I'll just call it a day. I'd still like to do something. Um, didn't really see the coaching or anything like that because I'd never been involved with sort of youth football. So I thought, hmm, I'll give refing a go. And obviously, Grouk carried on. I played on for a few more years. But I've not, I'm not one of these who wants to be like the next. Mike Dean or anything. Although I do get called Mike Dean quite a lot. <laughs> I like to have fun while I do it. I think having a personality helps. Yeah, definitely. You get referees that are saying, go away, don't talk to me. I've got I've nothing like that at all. I'd rather have a laugh. Like someone absolutely smashes one over the bar from two yards and they're laughing. I might sort of have a chuckle with them, you know? Like, I wouldn't laugh at them. <laughs> but you can sympathise, can't you, Ben? Yeah, to be human with it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think he was ref- Shane was referring to some of your potential uh, opportunities in front of goal there as a player. Yeah, I've, I've missed a few chances. <laughs> so a fascinating thing, Rob, that, that Ben, you, you'll get to learn about him. This is a memory. is uh, very special. So, for example, if I said to Ben, when did you score your first goal for Great Oakley, Ben? It was, I can't remember the exact date, actually. It was March ah. 2002, and it was at home to Napier Royals in a 4-1 defeat. The last goal I scored was against Stone Island at Great Oakley. We lost 4-2. I come off the bench, you brought me on, and the keeper spilled it, and there's about six players trying to kick it in. I just run through them all and just smashed it as hard as I could and I'm like just kick the thing you know it's not hard <laughs> just using your technique Ben was it really yeah it was a proper Tommy Topan as well I absolutely tonked it that was 2000 and uh, 2017 yeah wow because I hadn't and... scored for 10 years and I scored in 2016 <laughs> against Fullers <laughs> and I told the keeper I said, you are the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen. I haven't scored for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> he did track me out and we laughed at that. Ben, have you got any questions for either of us? Um, how did you guys sort of get together? I know like Rob was playing a very good level of football and sort of you was getting into your coaching. I don't really know how that sort of all come about. We we were both looking to do our uh, coaching badges. I obviously came from uh, playing and decided that's what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to be improving my coaching, my understanding of the game. 
because that's what I'm looking to do as a job now, some coaching and like physical training. And Shane was looking to improve his, uh, get his coaching badges to work uh, with Great Oakley and help the boys so he could have a better understanding of tactics. And we both ended up driving to in the middle of Norfolk because it was one of the most available courses because Essex is a nightmare to try and get booked onto. And um, it so turned out that we didn't actually live too far away considering we'd driven what felt like years to get to this this course and we ended up sharing a lift to the course and we've got very similar um visions and passions for football i think and uh it kind of just went from there really i don't know how, how shane sees it he probably sees me as the annoying one who ended up hitching a lift with him up to beckles but <laughs> no not, not at all i think it was exactly like that that most of these courses start with the go around your room and say your name and where you're from um, and literally that had happened. And of course, that I think I was one side of the room and Rob was the other side of the room. And by the time it got back round to me and they sort of said, um, oh, where are you from? And I said, the Colchester, the whole room turned around as if I was from, you know, the other side of America. Um, and that I ventured into Norfolk, which was quite dangerous. Um, and literally then it got round to Rob and Rob said, I'm from Colchester as well. So... It, it, we sort of struck it off just on the on the point that we were the well one of three Essex coaches in Norfolk, um, and then yeah the conversation started. It's definitely clear that coaching is much easier if you've got two people, um, but I think what's really difficult is having people of a similar mindset. So you, you, for it to work, you really have to have the same philosophy and the same belief and the same direction and want to do things in the same way. Um, and what's a massive credit to, I think, the lads is I said to Rob, just come down and have a look, see what you think, uh, which he did. Uh, and to be fair, I'm, without speaking out of turn, I think he was blown away by the ability of, of what we've got. And I, I think we're so close from, from where we are, the setup that we've got, the structure that we've got, the players that we've got. Um, with a little bit of coaching, I think it can make a massive difference to their future as players uh, and really bring the team on because we are really fortunate. We've got such a an amazing squad. Oh, that's superb. Um, you say about um, coaches sort of working together, having the same philosophy and all that. It, it's really good that you said that because I've seen so many top-level clubs try to do the joint manager thing and it, it doesn't work, does it, if you haven't got the same ideas? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's, it, I mean, it's only a title in the sense of uh, technically we said that I'm manager and Rob's coach, but because I think that they are two different roles as well. Um, you know, Rob's knowledge of, um, from a PT and fitness background for a coaching perspective is far higher than any of mine. And I think it's great managing people is a different skill to coaching. So I think there are two different, very different elements. But at the same time, you have to have the same direction and the same vision because otherwise if you're coaching something totally different to how you're managing the players and the, the messages are mixed, then you're not on the same hymn sheet, are you? It's never going to work, no. And I think it works really well because Shane's, manage, as he said, managing people. The way he manages the boys, he understands every player. The players understand him really well. You can see how confident everyone is when with Shane. Obviously, he's confident himself. He's, you wouldn't be able to be a manager without being confident. Um, but everyone gets on. He His, his actual like one-to-one information and his flybys we call them in training where he goes around and just speaks to people and he does it naturally he doesn't do it because he thinks he's ticking a box for training he goes around he genuinely provides a bit of information here he'll ask people how their weeks were find out 
if they've got anything troubling them. So it's it's more than just turning up, kicking the balls about and going home. And that's not something I don't think you can teach. I think that's one of the interesting things about Shane is he just does it naturally. You see some of the people we've had on the courses and stuff. It's very interesting seeing the different types of people who come through and the ones who are just there to tick the box. There's a big difference, I think. Very true. Like what he knows about people is unbelievable. He will he'll ask you questions. He's always interesting. Like you're always going to do well in managing people if you've got that sort of attitude for life. Then we're going to we're going to be asking all of our guests um, throughout the show. So you are our first guest. Um, hopefully, this won't be your last appearance on the show. But um, we're going to be asking all the guests a few questions. So we're going to kick it off with who was your favourite player of all time and why? Oh, it's always a difficult question, this. But I'd have to say Wayne Rooney, just because he wore his heart on his sleeve. Sometimes it didn't work out. He gave it all, and with that, he had absolutely bags of ability. And you say he inspired you in uh, in your playing career? Uh, no, I was playing. <laughs> I was playing for Great Ugly before he played for Everton. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I inspired him, Rob. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Well, it, it obviously did him a good job. He's had a good career since. So he ain't done bad, is he? Um, so what, what was the best game you've watched live at any level? So for any reason, it's not necessarily the biggest game you've watched, but what was the best game you watched and why? Well, the best game in terms of the actual football, the day or the anything. So taking everything into account, well, yeah, everything into account, what, what made, so what was your best game you watched live and why did it, why was it your best game? I'll say one that I've watched and one that I've played in. There okay. you go, Perfect. One that I've watched would probably have to be Man United away to West Brom in 2013. Um, Five-all draw. Um, I've only ever cried in a football ground twice, and once was the week before that <laughs> against Swansea, <laughs> which was Fergie's last home game. And then to be at that game uh, for his last ever game was emotional, to say the least. Like, it, was, it was mental. And then playing would have to be... Um, the first cup win for Great Oakley when we beat St. Joseph 2-0, that, that feeling that I've been waiting for since 2002. It, honestly, I can't describe it. It was incredible. I've loved playing for Oakley all my life. And that when that final whistle went, I remember going up to the ref saying, how long's ref left? How long's left? He said, Ben. For the fifth time, there is a couple of minutes left. You went, you've won the cup. You're not going to lose it now. <laughs> I said, just blow the whistle, just blow. It was in- and then the day after, it was just incredible. Yeah, that's good. That's what we like to hear. So, with your with football kits, what was your first football kit you had, and what was the first name on the shirt? It was the United home kit from ninety three ninety four season. I got it at Christmas in ninety three, and um, a couple of weeks later, I went to the local sports shop in Harwich Howlett's and had Canton R7 printed on the back I'm sure that was a very popular choice back in the day yeah yellow yeah. felt letters Ben was it they were brilliant weren't they and then they started doing <laughs> the highlighted ones after didn't they well, there's no pressure on this this final question who is the best coach you've seen or played under so you don't necessarily uh, have to have played under them but who is the best coach you've seen or played oh. under and, and why 
in terms of the best coach I played under, I'd probably say Shane because he he tried to explain your position, where to be, more than anyone's ever told me before. Actually, giving you information and understanding of yeah, because I've always just sort of cracked on, done my own thing. I've never never had a manager who said do this, do that. Sort of yeah, I've done things wrong course fair, I've done things right, but. It was a friendly game, and Chan saying, I want to play five at the back, do this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, crikey, I've never played like telling me do this, do that. I was done in after about 10 minutes. But so actually, I can imagine now what it's like with the lads, and probably got them playing some really good stuff alongside you, obviously. Oh, I have to say, when I first went down, I mean, I'd be touching it earlier, but I was very impressed when I first went down at the actual ability. When, when Shane said, you've got a Sunday team, come down and have a look. In my head, I pictured a load of people already turning up, turning up late with a point in the hand, even to training, maybe not having many numbers. And uh, I <laughs> yeah, turned Ben's up. Ben's left now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ben, ben wasn't there at this point. But I turned <laughs> I up. I was on time, 99% of the time. <laughs> but I turned up, as a load of young lads, worked really hard. The ability was. I mean, it's, it's so clear and there's only little things they need to do really I think most of them are just fine margins away from really kicking on the next level and even doing this challenge we've talked about you can see how keen everyone is to really improve so I think we've got an exciting couple of years ahead so you'll be sort of both carrying on with it next season with you? we will indeed we've got big plans super big plans for the next year Ben big plans good now uh, thank you very much for coming on Ben and uh, yeah I've no, enjoyed it you're, you're definitely welcome to come back anytime I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. Superb. Ben was a he was a great first guest, though, wasn't he? He was because he 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 come on. He had a question. I mean, his question just blew me back. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, and I don't I don't want your head to get too big. But he put, what a lovely, honest guy. I really like him. Really enjoyed that, mate. It was so nice talking about football with someone. Oh. Uh, never have I missed something so much. It was amazing. No, that's good. That's, that's what we like to hear. Positive reviews from our first one. That's really good. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. If you've got any questions or you'd like to appear on the show, send us an email to pod at coachingfromthesofa.co.uk.